It's a word that can inspire a flinch of fear in the uninitiated, as well as conjure scenes lifted from cinema of genius savants quickly writing equations on chalkboards to arrive at a stunning conclusion. It had a long gestation starting in ancient Egypt and coming to maturation in the 17th century, where two noted experts fought for the credit of discovering it. It's used in present day in almost every field of science as well as in finance. It's a powerful weapon in being able to calculate and predictively model changing quantities as well as changing speeds, with the appropriate name given to the mathematics of calculus. The Dilettante, a Ferrochrome podcast. The term calculus refers to a broad category of mathematics that studies how things change, with two major subdivisions known as differential calculus and integral calculus. With differential calculus, you are analyzing the quantity of things and the rate at which those quantities might change. This is done by focusing on what are called derivatives of a function, which would be assessing the change of an output with respect to change of an input. For instance, if an input was 3 in number, with an output of 9, the function could be said to have squared the input quantity. Ascribing the rate of change in differential calculus is used extensively in physics, for instance, in studying, describing, and predicting planetary motion. If you ever wondered how astronomers knew with such exactness where and when an eclipse would occur, you can thank differential calculus. In integral calculus, combining infinitesimal or super-small slices of data to a function allows a numerical description of two-dimensional areas or three-dimensional volumes sort of the opposite of differentiation. An integral can be used to calculate the area under the complex curve of a graph, or to integrate over three dimensions to determine the volume of an irregularly shaped object, such as the interior of a fuel tank. A nice thing to know if you're designing a passenger jet. The genesis of what would become calculus can be traced back to approximately 1800 BCE, where some formulas were found on an ancient Egyptian papyrus document owned by Russian Egyptologist Vladimir Golenyshev, which showed engineering problems, such as how large a ship's rudder should be, or how to calculate unknown quantities. As with any truly advanced civilization, the same papyrus also details how to calculate the strength of beer from one Egyptian hecate of grain. By the 3rd century BCE, Greek mathematician Archimedes further refined methods with his concept of infinitesimals, things so small they are immeasurable, and his method of exhaustion, which placed multiple polygons of known area inside a shape such as a circle or a parabola to calculate the area. Flashing ahead to the Age of Enlightenment in the 17th century, where mathematician and scientist Isaac Newton develops his magnum opus, three-text work, Philosophy Naturalis Principia Mathematica, his breakthrough work describing universal gravitation and planetary motion using his method of fluxions 
which is Newton's version of what will become derivatives in differential calculus. While the Principia, as it is commonly known, was first published in 1687, his work with Flexions dated back to 1671, when Newton was sequestered at his family home of Woolsthorpe Manor during the Great Bubonic Plague of London. In 1672, German philosopher and polymath Gottfried Leibniz was inspired by Dutch mathematician Christian Huygens to begin studying mathematics at the ripe old age of 26. Within a few years, Leibniz, using rigorous notation, had developed his own method of integral and differential calculus, publishing his findings in 1684 as Nova Methodus Pro Maximus a Minimus. There began a great controversy, started by Newton and others, as to who had developed this new mathematical study of change, with Newton claiming authorship back in 1671, but not publishing his results until after Leibniz's work. There were complications, with Newton and Leibniz having actually corresponded by letter while each developed his method, thus muddying the waters of attribution with mutual allegations of plagiarism. This debate continued on until after Leibniz's death, with common wisdom eventually deciding sole authorship to Sir Isaac Newton while still using Leibniz's method of calculus notation, especially in taking derivatives or integrals. Subsequent research over the years has shown that both Newton and Leibniz developed their versions of calculus independently, with both now credited as its inventors. There would be further dissension among the ranks of mathematicians, with empiricist philosopher and Irish bishop George Berkeley decrying the use of infinitesimals in calculus as unrigorous, which he chidingly called the ghosts of departed quantities. This was remedied in the early 1800s by mathematicians Cauchy, Weberstrass, and Riemann, as the concept of the limit was formulated and refined, which allowed for the prediction of a quantity even if not directly observed. This allowed for the designation of an intermediate point between two known quantities, despite not having direct evidence. The former reliance on the infinitely small infinitesimal was replaced with quantities being close to each other, with derivatives and integrals now calculated using the more rigorous limit. If you've seen the movie A Beautiful Mind starring Russell Crowe, as Nobel Prize-winning mathematician John Nash, you might remember the notable scene where his character explains the mathematical concept of non-cooperative game theory as applied to picking up women using calculus. There's also a more erudite example in the film Hidden Figures, which detailed the historical contributions to NASA in the early 1960s of three African-American women in the areas of mathematics, engineering, and computer science. In this scene, the mathematician Katherine Johnson, as played by Taraji P. Henson, is asked to calculate the re-entry of a Mercury space capsule at a high-level NASA meeting devoid of women or persons of color, which she does using differential calculus. It's a moving scene when Ms. Johnson flawlessly calculates on a chalkboard the space capsule's re-entry into the Caribbean Sea 
at an accuracy within 20 square miles, showing that while calculus can inspire an infinitesimal fear, it can also inspire admiration without limit. The Dilettante, part of the Fairchrome Podcast Network.